Hey, what's up? <clears throat> it's Aiden Taco Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 28th of January, 2019. I'm sitting in, uh, like, a playground. Like, some fucking park at the bottom of the street of the, the place where I'm staying. Still in South Frio. Uh, it's a beautiful day. I've got my fucking new bag. I should just talk about that straight off the bat, shouldn't I? Uh, Sunday night, these fucking, this, there's a lot to talk about here, I really don't know still how I feel about it, basically I was flying in Yagan Square in central Perth, <sighs> flying for my fucking show, and uh, I keep my bag in the square, it's like a square, it's like a busy square linking Northbridge and, and the CBD, near the central train station, pretty busy, I've been flying there for the last, you know, week and a half since I've been here, every day, and uh, I leave my bag just next to the fountain, I'm probably like 5-10 metres away from it, wherever I am, just fucking handing out flyers, I leave for a second, I hand out flyers to three people, I turn around, and my bag's gone, and um, I like go to the, um, the security guard dude, wearing an orange vest, who's like the kind of guard on duty for the area and I tell him and we kind of look around frantically for it for a minute or so but it is gone um he points me in the direction of a guy who in my head is like an ASIO dude I don't know what's that ASIO Australian Security Intervention Organization I think maybe I just made that up on the fly very impressive but anyway I don't know what the fuck he is he just seems legit like undercover because he's got like a blue button-up shirt I scoped him out before he has like a like a blue like police blue button up shirt like the light one you know um, like a sky blue I guess and then like an Australian government like the coat of arms embroidered on the breast but it's like embroidered in the same color so it's kind of faint but you can still see it if you're looking for it that's what made me think like this guy's legit do you know what I mean like he, it's like a clean cut I don't know like it's not just like police written in like fluoro yellow it's like it's kind of classy like a shirt that you could still wear to dinner except oh no he's official i don't know so i go up to that guy and i'm just like hey man my bag just got took from this corner here um and uh there was also a group of like four people just standing like a meter or two away from where it was and i was kind of i kind of asked them as well Oh, sorry. I don't have my tea today. Again, no tea. Um, which is weird because I could have brought a tea down. I thought I was going to walk down to the beach again, but then I remembered this park that's like a few hundred metres from where I'm staying and I just was like, I'll oh, just go down here. It'll be easier. It's nicer and then I can just chuck my laptop back home. Anyway, um, yeah, the people that were standing near where my bag was, were, they were like, oh, there were, there were two Indigenous women who were looking kind of shifty. It's like standing here. I don't know if it's important to... It's not really that important to say they were indigenous. Other than that it's a bummer that they were. You know? Um, I'll, the guy went in while I was talking to those people. And he said he'd pull the camera footage. Because there's a camera fucking legit right above where my bag was. On this light pole. And he came back with pictures. And it was the two girls that they were talking about. And there was like... You could see them walk up to it my bag sitting there and then they're standing next to each other kind of close and then one of them grabs my bag and they just 
and they just kind of do like a fast walk off. And I mean, God damn it. Like what? Fucking why? You fucking stupid bitches. Like, I guess, look, I guess they were probably thinking, it took me a while to realize this, but I guess they were probably thinking, because they would have seen, I reckon they would have seen that it was me, because I was going back to my bag every few minutes to, like, sit down for a second, check my phone, check my ticket sales, like, every five minutes, to be honest, um, and, like, they would have seen that it was me, seen, like, just kind of clocked, like, my vibe, which is not, like, oh, I've got some jewellery in my bag kind of vibe, and also that I'm handing out flyers, so I'm a fucking artist, so I'm, if they're, unless they're fucking idiots, which maybe they are, they should know that if I'm an artist, I probably don't have very much of value in my bag. Anyway, they, um, yeah, like, I guess they were just thinking that I had, like, a laptop in there or something, and I had nothing in there. Like, I fucking had absolutely nothing that they would want in there. My wallet with a $5 note, and then maybe, like, maybe, like, three or four bucks worth of coins in there. And then there was, like, my fringe pass, my all of my flyers, both of my decks of cards that I use for the show. Thank fuck it wasn't the actual deck of cards that I, that I wrote in 2012, or I may have cried. Um, but... Yeah, the two copy decks that I made, which that's, that's like probably eight hours of work there. Um, all of my, like, my notebook and the diary that I've been keeping every day for the year. Um, and my jumper that my mate Todd gave to me that's a really nice woolen Zara jumper that I fucking was looking forward to putting on that night. My phone charger, my headphones. Uh, what else? An orange... One orange that was in the bottom of my bag. <laughs> oh, my pencil case with, like, pencils, pens, Sharpie, USB. And then a bunch of, like, nice sentimental things that... I've been thinking, like, maybe that's good that they're gone. There was one thing that was uh, from 2011 Christmas when I was in Bolivia. Um, girlfriend at the time made me a little, uh, like, a like an angel, like, out of... She was, like, a... Uh, like a preschool teacher she was like volunteering and I guess the kids all made angels for Christmas so she made me one and she hung it off of my bedroom door and uh it all fell apart and all that was left of it was a tiny little maybe the size of like a like a 10 cent coin little styrofoam what used to be the head but all of the glitter hair and the everything and the face that was drawn on it had all fallen off so it was just a crushed styrofoam circle that I kept in my pencil case, that I knew what it was because I remembered, but really meaningless and kind of gross. Like that stuff, it's good that that stuff is gone, I think. There was like, uh, there was like a couple Polaroids in there of just friends and a little doll that my mate Rouse gave to me when I moved to Melbourne. Um, what else was in there? Oh, my wallet, that's fucking annoying. My bank card, a bunch of bank cards, like Medicare card, driver's license, um, fuck, what else? Yeah, like bank cards from the UK, my NHS card from the UK, um, my coffee cards from my local cafe in Melbourne. I'm trying to remember everything that was in there. Like, uh, <laughs> a map that fucking, uh, has, um, stupid Marty Bright drew me when I went to that music festival at the start of November. 
and he, he left my tent there for me and then drew me a map on how to find them, but it was like a child drew it. All this stuff that I've probably spoken about on the pod before. I don't know. I lost everything, man. I was th- th- like, there. Was, there's nothing. Oh, the books that I was reading, two books that I borrowed off my mate, a bunch of books that I printed to sell after my show. There was nothing in there that wasn't like essential at some point, you know? I don't know. No, that's a bit of a dramatic thing to say. But I just, I really wish that all of my stuff wasn't gone. And I i want to say that I'm, I want to say that I think it's funny. Like, I, I want to say that when I imagined them opening my bag up in a park and finding no less than, no more than $10 in cash and literally nothing of resale value, I want to say that that makes me laugh but it fucking doesn't. I'm not happy. Like, yesterday when I woke up, I woke up at like 7 a.m. and I was just like, all right, this is real. It actually happened. Um, I had to like, I had to borrow a charger off someone at my show and then my phone just, I didn't charge it at night and so it just stayed in the morning. Luckily, I had fucking cardless cash available so I could get cardless, so I could access the cash in my bank account. Thank fuck for that, or else there would be no way for me to get my money out and identify myself at the bank, which is a terrifying thought. Um, yeah, I'm not happy. Like, it's, I'm sad. It just made me fucking sad. And I'm not even, I'm not even sad for them. I'm not sad for them. Like, yeah, they're in a fucking position, maybe. They're addicted to drugs, or they're just desperate, or maybe they're just young and stupid, maybe, they, maybe they're actually just fuckheads, but I'm not, I don't feel sorry for them at all, I want them to fucking die, I hate them, I had this like fantasy in my fucking head of like, uh, of like seeing one of them in Yagan Square, and like they had my bag still, and I see them, and I just run, and like the adrenaline of me being so angry, I don't know if they're fast runners, but I'm faster. I can run faster than these girls. And I catch up to them, and they're like, this is always my fantasy if I imagine myself, like, catching a robber. (laughs) It's like, they're running, like, a few meters in front of me, and I make that last push, and then I lunge out and kick their, their back, like, trailing leg out as they run, and they do this dramatic, like, flip and turn, and just, like, eat shit onto the fucking onto the fucking cement on the ground and my bag's there and I just I just go one elbow straight into the fucking head. I'm really upset. <laughs> and people around just go like, oh, because no one really knows what goes on, like what's happened and I just pick up my bag and scream something angry. And then just... <laughs> And then just walk off. But the adrenaline would probably be too much. I probably wouldn't walk off. I would probably just like go, just like pop into a light gallop, you know? Because <laughs> I'm still like, my heart's still pumping from the chase or whatever. And I'm like breathing fast, but I haven't become tired yet because the adrenaline's still there. And I just kind of want to get out of the situation. So I just gallop away like jogging. <laughs> What a ridiculous image. Just 
elbow some indigenous woman in the head, take what looks like her bag, but it's actually my bag, and then just jog off at not a very urgent pace at all. People are like, he really doesn't seem that bothered at having just committed a hate crime, does he? (laughs) (coughs) Little do they know that was my bag. And she owes me the cost of one orange because I'm assuming that she ate the orange. Because that's probably the only other thing that would have been of value in that bag. Maybe you could sell the jumper. Fuck, I'm annoyed at that. Jumper was so nice, man. Fuck! Sorry if that was too loud. Let me ch- let me see how that came up. Yeah, that was very loud. <laughs> Sorry. The one funny thing was like when I was walking around in that still that moment where I thought I was maybe going to find my bag. Um, I uh, I went like behind the um, like ticket office because when those people said indigenous women, I was like, oh, there's a bunch of indigenous people literally hanging out behind there. Surely they wouldn't be that dumb, right, to just go back there and put my bag down there. Uh, and they weren't. They were not that dumb. But I walked through and there were like kind of five or six people there. And then this one lady came up to me. Uh, she had no she had no front teeth. <laughs> and she came up to me and was just like, I'm like, you know, frantically kind of looking around. She came up and was like, hey, how are you, sweetie? And I'm like, um, very good, thank you. Um, no, whatever. And she goes, oh, you, you, you look pretty. Do you have a girlfriend? And I was just like, man, I'm really sorry. Someone just stole my bag. I'm just looking for my bag. And she immediately was just like, oh, what? Oh, man, that's fucked. That's fucking bullshit. I'll keep a lookout for you. Like, she immediately stopped trying to elicit paid sex from me and just turned into being like, oh, fuck that. Those fucking dogs. It was really nice. I like that. I guess maybe she just... I was glad that she didn't go for the heart. So, like, imagine if she was, like, you know, it would make it better. Like, oh, that would have bummed me out so much. Especially because I would have been like, mate, I don't have any money. They stole my wallet. (laughs) I can't. Even if I wanted to, I can't be this man for you right now. They took my wallet. (laughs) And I only had five bucks in there anyway. I don't know what rates you charge behind the... Fringe World box office, but I'm hoping that it's more than five bucks <laughs> for your sake and mine. <laughs> ah, so yesterday I woke up and uh, Adrian, who I'm staying with, who just so lovely, came out and I was, I I called my mum or my mum like I messaged my mum. She was like, "Can I call you?" And I was sitting on the step outside and just having a sad chat to her. I was very very sad. And Adrian came up and fucking just gave me a hug. And I was on the phone to mum for a bit. And then I, he was still sitting there. So I was like, oh, I might bounce, mum. And then Adrian was like, come on, let's go. Let me go buy you a coffee. So I went and bought a coffee. And uh, I still had some, like, I knew I could get Carla's cash out. I had, like, 20% left on my phone battery. So uh had a coffee with Adrian. And then walked into Frio and got... Um, what have I got now? I've got a new notebook and a new diary, which is like a school diary. It was very cheap, but it's not as good. Um, that's really upsetting me. I bought a thing of deodorant, which I didn't have, but I knew that I needed. Uh, got some new headphones, couple pens. Uh, don't have a wallet yet. That's my next thing. My wallet situation is currently, I just put folded notes and coins in my pocket. Um, 
I bought a mystery book. I bought a mystery book. There was like a bookshop, Elizabeth's bookshop in, in Frio. Real nice. Would have loved to spend a little bit more time there, but I kind of felt like I had a lot to do. Um, but they have a thing at the front of their bookshop. It's like mystery book. So there's like all these books wrapped in brown wrapping and it just has a little few dot points on the front about what the book is. And then you you just grab a book. They're all 17 bucks. You just grab it and you, and you just have a book now. Isn't that so lovely? I got one and uh, I unwrapped it and it was Jack Kerouac, Dr. Sachs. I'll post that on my Insta later. Oh, I can't wait to read this. I love Jack Kerouac. I loved I loved reading half of On the Road the first time I read it when I read it on my phone and I thought I'd got to the end but actually the fucking program had just crashed and didn't show up the last half of the book so I got to the end of the first half of the book thought that was the end and then read it went to type it out like a like a year or so later I went to t- I was like ah, I love that book I'll type it out got halfway through and was like I don't remember these bits just typing out a book that I haven't even read. Like, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> Such a pretentious cunt. Um, yeah, I'm fucking very excited to read that. Uh, and then I found a bunch of books on the way home. Oh, this was lovely. Found a bunch of books on the way home. Like, you know, people just leave books out the front of their house. Fuck, I love that. Um, a few more. What was there? The Fault in Our Stars was one of them. I might read that, even though the movie... What's the movie? Silver Linings Playbook? Is that what it is? I don't know. Or maybe it's called The Fault in Our Stars. But it sounds very, like, overworked and, like, too much, you know? But I'm sure the book is good. And I know the book... The guy, Tom Green, I think, the, the fucking dude who made his fortune from writing that book and selling the movie rights bought a share in AFC Wimbledon, the third tier English football club that's owned by the fans. He bought a share in their fucking club and there's a stand named after him in their stadium. So that guy's cool in my book. So I'm going to fucking, yes, I want to read that book. Um, And then also there was a copy of 50 Shades of Grey. I was very happy with this. Um, I've been hanging out with a lovely lady for the last week and a half. She's real cool. We've seen each other a bunch and uh, I got 50 Shades of Grey. I um, wrapped it up in the like paper bag from when I bought my my stationery, wrapped it up, and then just wrote on the front like some dumb note about like oh, I don't know who the previous owner of this was might want to wash it first. <laughs> and met up with her and gave that to her while I unwrapped my secret book. What a bloody romantic cunt! Wouldn't it be nice if I could have uh, any sort of romantic attachment with a woman that lasted longer than, say, three weeks? <laughs> um, this was the thing about this weekend, man. It's been so strange. It, it, legit, the best of times and the blurst of times. <laughs> I th- <laughs> because... Um, like, fuck, I had my bag stolen, and that, oh, and that's the, th- that, actually, this, this is what really upset me about my, having my bag stolen, wasn't the losing of the things, I mean, it was, that really sucks, but all of that stuff is replaceable, there was nothing in there that I wanted to keep forever that I'm really bummed about losing, if I'm honest, Ah, uh, the wallet is just really fucking annoying, but... The fucking show, it was 45 minutes before my show, and all of my cards for doing my show are in my bag. 
and they're integral. It's like the premise of the show. I've fucking kept a journal on a deck of playing cards in 2012, one for every week. I hand them out to the audience and then tell the uh, tell the story in whatever order the cards come out. That's the show. So they fucking stole me doing my show, which I had fucking 49 people in. That's like six away from a sellout. I had 49 tickets sold. This is making me angry again, thinking about this. So I had no way to do the fucking show... And I'm trying to, th I'm like, you know, make the best of a bad situation. I was like, all right, so I'm going to, this is going to be great. I'm already in an honest place now. And, and this is, comedy comes from pain, yeah? So I'm going to be able to make this into a great show. They're going to be on my side. And this is going to be the best show of the run. That's what I was thinking beforehand. Once I kind of started to think about the show rather than the bag, I was like, I think this is going to be the best show of the run. And I was also excited because my friend, uh, or this girl who I met, at a bar at like the artist bar writes for the West Australian and I was like she's going to come in she's going to watch the show she's going to see this story amazing and and she's going to write a story about it in the West Australian and be inspired and the idea that I had was I still had a few flyers in my pocket so I thought on the back of my flyers there's a copy of one of the cards Day 21, May something, battle shots for Phil and Ace's birthday, rode in a convertible, Chris's gallery opening, $220 fine. That's the, that's like the fucking bits of the journal on that card. And I thought it would be funny to just tell everyone at the show, all right, so I do the show and I hand out the cards and I go off the cards and it's, it's real, but the way that I kind of do it is that if I need to tell a story at some point, I use the cards, like like if, say I'm getting a lot of cards from late in the year, October, November, December, but there's a story in March that I really need to tell, I've figured out that I can just go, oh, like March, that was at this point in the year, like October, this happened, and that was just before this, and just after this, and this, and this, and kind of get back, like segue back into the part of the year where I need to tell the story. And it's, I guess it's a trick. I guess it's just a little, like, peek behind the curtain. I thought it would be funny for the audience to see, like, all right, I can't do the show, so instead what I'm going to do is, like, show you the trick. Like, I'm a magician, and I'm going to show you how I do the trick. And I thought that would be exciting for them. And I told them everything at the start about how my bag was stolen and what I was going to do. And, uh, and they were excited, and then I started doing it, and it just... It seemed to, like, the laughs and everything just really seemed to tail off because I don't think there wasn't the excitement. I don't know what it was. I I was tempted to think that maybe they were disillusioned. Maybe me doing it off of the same card, like I just kept picking the same card every time, and maybe they thought that that's kind of what I do every time. Like, it's a trick. I think they thought that it was like a, like a lie, you know? Like, oh, he just gets whatever cards, but he just tells the stories in the same order anyway. Which is not true, that's not correct, that's not like, I don't tell the story in the same order anyway, I tell it in a different order every time. But I, th yeah, they hadn't seen the original show, so, to me, but I'm very insecure, so I, I might have been making this up, but it felt like they thought I was a liar and they didn't like it. They didn't, and I started thinking about that movie, The Prestige, you know, about the, um, 
the magicians right at the start of the movie this little kid sees on stage that he's not actually disappearing a bird he's killing one bird and there's a second bird there kid starts crying he meets the kid after the show and uh he knows that the kid has like seen how it works and this kid's like a magic you know he's like got that the eye for it so he shows the kid a, a, a coin that's got like heads on both sides and he gives it to the kid and he says never tell anyone they'll beg you and they'll flatter you for it but as soon as you tell them you're nothing to them the secret impresses no one the trick you use it for is everything it's just, that made me think of that you know like the secret is that I can just riff off of any card and get to any other card at any any point if I need to. That's not that impressive to people, even though they can't fucking do it. But you know, <laughs> I didn't. The show didn't go that well, is what I'm trying to say. I wish it went better, but it didn't go that well. And there were 49 people in, and I just I know I could have given them a great show if those fucking stupid cunts hadn't stolen my fucking bag. And now all I can think is that there's 49 people walking around thinking that my show sucks because I'm a liar and it's a fake show, you know? Like, I, I thought about there's a scene later in The Prestige as well where he talks about doing the bullet catch trick where he, like, there's a gun that he has and he loads the bullet in and, and then gives it to someone and they shoot it at him and he catches the bullet. But actually, the ramrod that loads the pistol, because it's like 150 years ago, the ramrod is a special one that takes the bullet out so there's no bullet in the gun and he shows his wife because she's like you can't do it unless you show me so he shows her and then she's like oh it's kind of disappointing once you know like it's pretty obvious and uh and he says well yeah but i mean it's still dangerous like you know things could still happen that's kind of how i felt it's like i'm showing them a trick but it's like it's still hard like you still couldn't do it but there is a trick to it obviously because magic doesn't exist and I, there is a narrative to this show to make it work as a show, you know? I don't fucking know, man. Maybe I could do it without the thing. Maybe I could do it without doing that and just not tell. There is one story that I tell every night that's a really brutal story. And, like, I, I tell it at the end of the show. Maybe I could just not tell that story. Wouldn't that be interesting? That's something to think about for me. Fuck, maybe I'll try it like that on Wednesday because on Wednesday I have no sales so far. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> or maybe I could... Because it's just real brutal what I say. So maybe I could like just tell them how it went down. Uh, or no, maybe I could just say to the audience, like, this is how, look, this is the worst thing ever. You might not want to hear it. Do you want to hear it? And they'll always say yes, won't they? They'll always say yes. All right. Yeah, I'll just do that. Anyway, why am I workshopping my show on the fucking podcast? Um, a nice thing that I called, I called Blake yesterday when I was feeling down. And uh, I said to him, like, you know, I can't help but think that there's 49 people out in the world who think that my show is a lie. <laughs> And he goes, yeah, man, I mean, sure, but like, that's for, you know, there's also thousands of people out there who have seen your shows and know that you're just a piece of shit <laughs> and, and just hate you anyway and know that you're a bad comedian. <laughs> there's thousands of people in London who fucking hate you <laughs> as a person. 
and he was just, and I was just laughing and he was saying that and he was just like is this helping I was like yeah that's helping <laughs> oh man that made me laugh um what song do I have for this week uh Miguel come through and chill I don't really care about that song uh, oh I do actually no I'm just I think it's just because I'm upset because of my bag that I want to say that I don't care about it it's just that more more important things have happened to me this week, and so the moment when I cared about that song has kind of been overshadowed by by the future events. <laughs> um, the the song's real nice. I just had this moment with it where, like, because I've been catching the train into to the city every day, and uh, you know, listening to podcasts, whatever, on the train. It's like a half hour train, so it's like it's probably like twenty minutes to get to the station, and then the train takes a half hour to get into the city. And, uh, there was one day when I, I've, I've just started like looking out the window more cause it's like a nice, I've, you know, I'm like, it's fine to, if you take the same commute every day, yeah, zone out, but I've not had this train ride before. It's nice. And it's just like a beautiful, it's like up the coast. It's beautiful. Especially when you go across the river and then there's like the Harbor and Fremantle and there's all the big boats and you go across the water. Oh, so nice. And yeah, one day I was listening to this song. Come through and chill by Miguel. It's R and B. It's like it's like now R and B. You know, it's like kind of R and B. It's not R and B that you would listen to in a club. It's R and B that you would listen to with one other person that you're trying to have sex with. And the song is literally. I think I connected to it because the song is literally about like a dude coming to another city and there's a girl who he hasn't seen in a while and he left her messages on red. He's like, sorry. And he's just come, but he's just like, just come hang out though. <laughs> That's like the whole song. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, like I haven't been around for a while, but I'm back now. And like, sorry, I didn't get back to your message, but hey, what's up? <laughs> it's just, he's just a piece of shit. And he's written a song about it. And, and it's a really nice song. And the, and the guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> So I was listening to that while I went past the, the all the fucking boats and stuff. And it's nice listening to a song and not looking at your phone at the same time, you know? Like normally I'm listening to music and I'm just listen, looking at other shit. And that kind of sucks, like dividing your attention between two things. So there I was just looking out the window at the nice things and listening to the song and I actually got to hear the lyrics and, and what the song was about, which I don't normally do. Normally I just describe it as airy and open. <laughs> but that song I actually felt a connection with because we're both garbage garbage little fuck boys. Um So having my bag stolen wasn't actually the worst thing that happened to me this weekend. Uh Saturday was lovely, Australia Day. I mean fuck Australia Day, but Saturday was lovely. I was hanging out with this girl at her place. Uh, we were hung over from the night before we woke up, watched some movies, had a bit of a nap until the afternoon, and then made some Aperol spritzes, went down. She lives, she lives with her parents, uh, but fucking, the house is real nice. <laughs> like, all the siblings still live at home with the parents because the house is so fucking nice and big, you know? But uh, the pool, there's like a big pool in her backyard, and we're just sitting down there, and... Aperol spritzes by the pool and drinking beers and shit and it was great but the night before I met up with her she came and saw my show I was sold out on Friday by the way oh thank you to everyone who's come and seen my show 
in Perth Fringe so far. I haven't had a night that's had less than 30 tickets sold, which is incredible. I really was thinking more like if I could average 20 a night across the run at the start of this run, that's what I came into with the idea of. And and I've already almost doubled that. Um, so it's been amazing. Thanks to everyone who's come and to everyone who's listening to this. If you have come, thanks for fucking checking out the pod as well. And fucking tell some more people, man. I lost my bag. I need some money. <laughs> Imagine, I really had the idea for a bit that I would try and leverage me losing my bag as like an Instagram ad. <laughs> to try and, I'm not doing a crowdfunder, guys, but I will ask if you could please come and see my show and support me. <laughs> I don't think I have the fucking stomach for that, to be honest. But, <laughs> but Friday night, this girl came and saw my show and then uh, I had a couple more sets so we went for some drinks, um, got to the place where my my second set of the night was, and we're sitting, it's this Outback Steak Bar, I don't know, there's a bit to the side of it, where the shows are, and we're sitting in there, we've just got our pints of beer, and I feel like a little bit, like, you know, there's like, oh, there's a hair in my beer, you know, so I like take a sip and there's like a bit of hair I feel it in my teeth and then it goes away and it's on I can see it like on the side of the glass so I go to grab it and I pull it out and I pull it up higher and I'm like oh it's like a hair ball and I pull it up higher and it is a cockroach in my fucking beer the hair bit was the antenna that was in my fucking t- I felt that in my mouth I'm like oh god I'm like retching right now thinking about it. There was a cockroach in my fucking beer. I threw it on the ground and I just tipped the whole beer out. And I went inside and I just started kind of like, there was a cockroach. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, This is actually what I sound like. I was like, oh my God, there was a cockroach in my fucking beer. I just found a cockroach in my fucking beer. Oh my God. This is the worst day of my life. And the lady behind the bar was like, what do you want me to... Like, it can't have been in the taps. Cause the ta- and I'm like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there was a cockroach in my beer. I'm not blaming you. Like, she kind of got defensive about it. But I was still not in a place where I could fucking talk logically to this person. And she made me fucking pay five bucks. That's... I'm actually... Now that I think about it, I'm fucking angry about that. She made me pay five bucks for a new pint there was a cockroach in my fucking beer cunt the cheek oh no it's not at the cheeky sparrow where is it I'll tell you fucking guys where it is craft beer and cider garden on James Street in Northbridge fucking calling them out not because there was a cockroach in my beer but because that person didn't give me a free beer I clearly wasn't lying I should have I think I would have got a free beer if I'd come back in and because it's still like there's a cockroach in your venue. It's not... I didn't put it in there. I didn't find it. If I'd come back in with the beer and shown them the cockroach in the beer, I think I would have got a, a free beer just because of the visual, like, the horror of that. But I didn't do that. I just I just threw the beer out because I was fucking disgusted because I hate cockroaches. They're like the worst thing in the world. They're fucking disgusting. Oh, so yeah, that's, my bag got stolen, but I'm not even being facetious, that was the second worst thing that happened to me this weekend, because a cock, finding a cockroach in the beer that I'd just been drinking, 
that was a, that will be up there for the rest of my life I'm always going to remember that and that's been the podcast you guys thank you very much for listening this has been Aiden Taco Jones sitting under a tree peace